five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Toronto Divine and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually, as always, by Omni at Omnistrife and Jordan at Sir Dr. J.M. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hi there. How's it going? Um, uneventful, you know. Yeah? Nothing. Last two weeks have been pretty quiet? Yeah, about the same. I mean... There is something I I kind of forgot. Oh yeah. right, 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 right. There, there's a baby. What? <laughs> is there like this episode is about big announcements, right? Or a Huge big announcement. announcement. Yeah. So. So, so yeah, are... like you guys already know, but you know, <laughs> Liam is is with us now. He came right on time, right on schedule to on the due date, and uh, yeah, it's, it's been. Like from all the horror stories that we've been told throughout the, the process, like it's been manageable. He's been a good kid for now. Like things can change, but we, we mm-hmm. got a system. I'm here, right? So that's kind of self-evident. He's I mean, alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like both Lena and I, we're, we're big Overwatch fans. And it's been over a year and a half since, you know, Echo was released. So we took matters into our own hands and then uh, came up with a new character. New hero? Yeah, he's a, he's a projectile DPS. Lots of us. <laughs> yeah, th- think think Torb's alt, but as like <laughs> mouse one and mouse two alternatively, like from both sides. His alt, I'd say, would be the anti Anna. Like instead of sleep darting, <laughs> he, he deprives you of sleep. But other yeah. than that, it's been uh, it's been going well. That's good. That's great to hear. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I have to admit. The moment you shared to to us that uh, that Liam had arrived, I was like, "Oh man, I want to celebrate this. I want to talk about it." But I have, I have held off. I have held <laughs> off because again, I felt it was your news to share, not mine. It's it's not me that released a new it's hero. My baby. <laughs> I was genuinely uh, surprised that uh, you you would be here. I had sort of presumed you would you would probably miss a show or or maybe two. Um, but uh, glad glad you made it out because uh, it's it's going to be a pretty solid show. I mean, all things uh, considered, um, mm. the Vancouver Titans finally made official what everyone already knew for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had some fun with it. I got to applaud them for <laughs> for having all sorts of fun. Uh, Toronto Defiant uh, have been a little quiet, though. There is some inkling that they might be looking to do things uh, in the near future. Um, obviously the league is sort of getting into a quiet spell. Most teams have rosters, save for most really one and a couple. I mean, it depends on what you define as having a roster, but, uh, yeah, why don't we, uh, why don't we start talking about, uh, the Titans and Defiant, uh, down there with the, uh, the payload. Moving the payload. Join me. So the big news of the week, um, which again, I say that tomorrow being Wednesday, we're recording here on Tuesday night. And as his podcast lore, Wednesday is the big day when announcements come out. The Vancouver Titans made official what was already quite clearly rumored as taking place. They have officially announced the additions of False, Aspire, Shockwave, Masa, and Aztec. And they did so over the past couple of weeks with a whole lot of fun. 
Uh, they made these like short video postcard series showcasing uh, essentially downtown Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And they didn't venture too far outside of downtown Vancouver. And each one had a little bit of a, a tease as to some of the leaked announcements. So I think the first one was of the steam clock in Gastown and it had right. a shockwave poster, not shockwave as in the player shockwave as in the transformer. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, they, they had a little fun and um, what was interesting is seeing people look at these and, and interpret it not as who was already sort of leaked by halo. Um, like when the Finnish flag went up, people started, you know, pulling out names off the board. Um, the Aztec one, the letters spelled Aztec, but people somehow missed one or two of them and then started trying to, you know, populate new, new players. Uh, but uh, when they made the announcement today, again, they had some fun with the production. Uh, they had Flubby and Pew uh, look for who is leaking. And then for uh, them to throw back to definitely not Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, offering five bucks for leaks. <laughs> that's like that's like RSP budget area. That's, that's really I couldn't higher. afford five dollars. That's that's pretty cool. I I would have leaked too. Uh, but you know we've I, I, the thing about this is we've sort of already talked about the Vancouver Titans and these sort of five players under the presumption mm-hmm. that Halo was batting well over his uh, his expected. Uh, slugging percentage and I'm not entirely sure what more to say outside of I'm genuinely curious where they'll go for number six, which we know they will need by March. Yeah. They, they came out as well with the statement, like we're not even, you know, we're not even done yet or something Mm -hmm. along these lines. But, but I, this is the thing about the Titans saying that is that I don't want to read into it as being more than one player. You know what I mean? Like it, 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 I kind of assumed it meant more on the content side, um, mm-hmm. given. Yeah, I agree. I, I think we'll definitely see one more cause they have to, I'd be right. surprised if we saw them go up to what would that be? Seven. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they're at yeah. five right now. They got to get to six. That's the yeah. new minimum. Yeah. I feel like they'll probably be a minimum team, especially with some of the players they've signed, like Masa, I mean, I, I don't want to spoil it if, if we don't want to go into the details just yet, but some of the names are not, you know, entry level. Um, right. A couple of them probably are, but it's not like uh, we, we know that they're not necessarily cheaping out, right? So yeah. actually, I'm, I'm curious when you said we know a couple of them are not or not entry level. Who do you have as entry level? To me, I only really have one that's entry level. There's only one that's that's entry level, I guess, by definition. <laughs> There's a couple others that I would say, um, you know, were, were rookies last season, so they don't have mm-hmm. the same amount of experience as sure. the others. Sure. Obviously, that's but all. Even, even if we are talking about false, right? Just to clarify, yes, yeah. And even he was um, like a, a sought after commodity in in, in the tier two levels. So I did hear that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I don't, I don't see them signing like three, <laughs> four players more, uh, especially since it's, it has been pretty quiet. I mean, looking at the roster as it is constructed now, I was kind of struggling to, you know, we still have these columns, like DPS, it's can mm-hmm. DPS. 
And I wasn't really sure where to place like Shockwave. Is he? Because right now you have all this overlap with hitscan players playing Echo sometimes, and, and Tracer is kind of its own category, really. And while there is a lot of overlap between Aspire and Shockwave, mm-hmm. uh, both of them, Shockwave even more so, are pretty flexible. So I'm not sure yeah. if, if, if the DPS role is the one you're looking for. And then there's this whole um, discussion that is a topic within itself. Like, do we really need a main and an off tank right now? Uh, some teams seem to think that is still the case. We have a lot of... Uh, I'd say the majority of teams are still looking to get that main off tank, uh, at least in the bag, right, signed. There are still still people out there hmm, that would fit the mold. I know that a lot of people mention, like, LH Cloudy is still available. Ben Best mm-hmm. is still available. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we, we have still some bags to throw. A, a player like EQO might might make some, some noise. But then again, like, uh, overlap. But they're still available. And, and those are the kind of players that I, I do think... Uh, teams want to get um i don't know I, either way I'm, I'm really happy with the announcement and all we, we've already kind of discussed the roster i agree uh good names um it inspires confidence way more than the last two iterations that we've had since you know everything kind of went boom um players that normally would not just you know say oh i've been offered a contract by vancouver so i i will choose this team over another right and there was a plan there was something that was communicated to them probably you know the last players we've had despite you know their performance and all that they seem to be doing pretty well on on everything that's not related to the result in the match so i'm happy for the titans it seems like they've officially started off the rebuild and you know we still don't know what the results will be but if you want to start off somewhere it, it is a decent start for them for sure mm-hmm. yeah i am um, like you said we we talked about this when it was rumored but you know seeing it on paper and everything or digital paper um <laughs> I actually really like what they have going for DPS. Um, like you said, it is a little bit hard to, you know, stick them clearly into hit scan versus flex. Cause they definitely do have some overlap. Yeah. But I think between the two of them, uh, I mean, the two of them being aspire and shockwave, it strikes me that they do have a pretty good amount of heroes covered. Um, I think shockwave can play a lot of the hit scan characters. I mean, I think we, we yeah. know he was, a uh, pretty good widow and had some face-offs yeah. um, with a number of, of uh, well-known players when he was in his mm-hmm. rookie season with the Vancouver Titans originally. Um, with the, with the, the ping. Time, yeah, ex- mm-hmm. that's true. I, for, I forgot about the ping too. And, and at the same time, um, we also know that he can play Echo and, and a lot of other characters that we see. Spire played a lot of Hanzo pretty well as well, not exactly. just the Tracer. So yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited to see uh especially this DPS duo um and what they can do. Oh, and, and back to the point I was making, they they chose to to you know sign with Vancouver. Shockwave actually did play with Vancouver, so yeah. I'm sure he was, you know, decently treated at the mm-hmm. very least to, you know, to want to come back to to play for Vancouver. So no doubt. there's yeah. that as well. He's gonna walk in like he owns the place. He's the vet. Now. <laughs> he should. He should. He. I'd say, yeah. He, him, and Mas- Masa are probably the the big names, right? The big yeah. bags for sure. 
I'd say, I'd say so. The, uh, I mean, it needs to be pointed out in the announcement video outside of the fact they dropped an it's without an apostrophe, which like the grammar part of me really had a, <laughs> a little shiver down my spine. Uh, they actually said, welcome back shockwave. Right. Yes. Right. Your did. point on the, in, in your They're addressing it. Yeah. That's right. It is an acknowledgement that he is coming back and you're right. He wouldn't come back to the team if he won, didn't mm-hmm. feel that they were going to perform uh, or two, it wasn't a good situation to come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked about this in, in RSP discord. We've, we've talked about it m- many times, I think, but last year, I genuinely feel the team was looking to sort of re um, redo its own sort of image in the scene, mm-hmm. right? Like there was a perception that this is an organization you didn't necessarily want to be part of, or even if you had thought, maybe you still had so much doubt that you did look at alternatives before sort of committing. Mm-hmm. Now that obviously the word has gotten out, we're starting to see others wanting to come. But the counter to this, and I think it's a fair point to suggest, is which players did the Titans sign um, You know that would have had an opportunity elsewhere this season? And that's the part I, I don't know how to address. There are mm-hmm. very few teams with as many sort of quote-unquote holes Um say for the Los Angeles vacant or the New York uh, Excelsior, you know, we're fusion fusion. Yeah. But I mean, there's questions I think with NYXL and fusion as to where this is going to play. Maybe LAV is in the same boat, but I think, you know, I, 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 there's a part of me that does have to give credence to the belief that the Titans are still somewhat in the get the leftovers. Mm. I don't think that's the case. I am again, confident in this roster um, I feel just without knowing anything more than what we do, they've elevated themselves to a gatekeeper team mm-hmm. or if not a gatekeeper, very close to just being that level. Yeah, I'd say that that's fair. And also like these players that we've already talked about, like with Aspire and Shockwave and, and, and Masa, they, they have this, uh, Carry potential. I know they're not like the type of MVP candidate player that like carries every match, but they they have it in them, like we mentioned before, to outplay on any given night any you know opposing, be it main support or someone on the widow. And I do feel like at least the three that we mentioned here, where um, maybe you know people did want to get them, like teams. Looking now at the rosters, not not everyone is like super stacked here, right? Let's let's not get confused. We have a bunch of uh, teams that will be hovering around that uh, um, Vancouver area or below, and I think that like uh, some of them would have liked to have someone, especially like someone like Masa or. or oh yeah, no. Yeah. But, uh, when you look at the roster, you can't say these were the Titans. <laughs> yeah, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll did, have that know. big uh, uh, power rankings episode for sure. Yeah, come February, where we'll at least know who number six is. I, I think it, it needs to be also uh, added that, like, every time it's only a matter of, of expectations. And I, and I think that nobody expected them. Like, it, it's fair. I, I don't want to sound mean, but nobody expected them to put out, like, uh, this decent a roster no. at yeah. this stage. So uh, props to them, really. Whoever did the, the work did mm-hmm. it well. And, you know, kudos it's it's interesting to think about if some of these players 
like you said, weren't going to Vancouver and hadn't just been announced as coming to Vancouver, who else might have been interested in them? You know, before other announcements were made, who else might have been looking at Shockwave or Aspire? Um, Aspire well, is a little bit more interesting if you ask me, simply yeah. because he was such a sort of breakout last year, obviously not rookie of the year, but he impressed a lot of people stepping in as he did. Um, so it, it is kind of an interesting exercise to look at the list and think, well, you know, I could see him going somewhere like Boston, but then Boston pulled striker out of their hat. Yeah. And it's very much like, I don't think anybody saw striker come in there, but you know, lo and behold, it happened. Um, so that's kind of an interesting exercise to, to go through. But ultimately, I think it's important to make it clear. All it is is an exercise. Oh, yeah. It is very possible that these mm-hmm. five players mm-hmm. had many opportunities in front of them. Mm-hmm. And for whatever the reason might be, they chose Vancouver. Yeah. I just don't think it's unfair to suggest the opposite to that could also be true. True. In the case of, I would say three, I'm going to say three of the players. I was going to say maybe four, but... I'd say three. Which three? For me, it would be Aztec, False, and Aspire. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but it, but again, that's uh, that's not a disservice to them. It's just no. when we look at Aztec, Aztec got into a tough situation in Toronto, mm-hmm. and therefore wasn't in a position to sort of showcase himself. Um, False, by all accounts, is a top tier pickup. But again, he's entry level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if he is, you know, top yeah. level. He's still entry. And then for me, Aspire, I think Jordan, you hit the nail on the head. He came into a tough situation. He yeah. popped off. But then Toronto was willing to let him go. Mm-hmm. So I, at least there was one team that's like, eh, it doesn't really Yeah, I, I liked Aspire more than any other player last year on, on Toronto, to be honest. And I feel we like talked about it a lot uh, as we reviewed the games. Uh, it's funny. It reminds me a lot of the shockwave situation that he just came out of nowhere and, yeah. and performed <laughs> as well as he did. Mm. Yeah. Another player who was part of the Toronto Defiant organization, the <laughs> yeah. Vancouver Titans, pulled from their grasp. Sure. Fair enough. Anywho, um, as we know, time will tell. We'll get into whoever number six is uh, for the Titans and whoever number six will be for the Toronto Defiant. Uh, I think we'd be remiss to point out that while they have five, they still have a hole on the damage side, unless one of Muse or Hotba is going to go play on the uh, the DPS uh, lineup. I don't think that to be true, but, uh, you know, there have been sort of rumblings that the Defiant are going to make an announcement. And all I have heard is it's more on the operational side. Ooh, Adam is exciting. finally leaving and joining the Ready Set Poem podcast <laughs> full time. Yeah. He will no longer be with Overactive Media. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Totally. You heard it the here bag. first. The yeah. bags were thrown at him and that's he couldn't, right. couldn't refuse. Hey, you can't compete with the RSP bags. We no. should literally have merch, bag like RSP bags. And we could just throw them at people. <laughs> That'll be our thing. Be, be, be like podcast. the old school sack of money, but instead of dollar bills on it, it'll have RSP and the S can be a dollar ex- bill. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Um I like it. On on the Defiant though, uh, and this is this is something that actually I found surprising, yet it then had me wondering just because of the situation. So agilities 
is no longer with the Toronto Defiant as a content creator. Mm-hmm. We obviously know he was no longer with the Toronto Defiant uh, two seasons ago or after two mm-hmm. seasons ago. Um, I thought that was really intriguing because we know for certain that he, you know, they had wanted to have him as a content creator before he went and signed with uh, LAV, before LAV went and did what LAV did and, and found his way back to Toronto. But then the Toronto Defiant ultimately had three content creators. I can't think of a team that has more than one. And so I kind of look from a business perspective and wonder without knowing how content creation relationships are structured. Was this just odd person out? Like, or is there something, cause we haven't heard much about what Achilles is going to be doing next. Yeah. He, did, he didn't announce his retirement per se. Right. No. And you know, it, like I'll, we'll talk about Linkser in a quick moment. Someone yeah. who had sort of said, here's what my plans will be. And then we're seeing something. Um, happening that didn't quite skew into what he had outlined his plans are, but the agility's change is interesting. Unless is it at all possible if LAV is coming back? Like I'm, I'm throwing hmm. darts at a board here, and I one mean, of them might stick. Sure, I would love to see him go back and play, but I don't know if it's uh, if he's uh, uh, a better option at this point uh than you know some of the tier two talent that you might have oh i i uh, i don't know not sure like, just saying not saying just saying not saying <laughs> um linkser so um he announces his retirement talks about how he's going to stay in sort of the, the pacific northwest for a period of time i uh, was going to take a look at val thought he would you know maybe get into i think it was coaching and what have you and then the Vancouver Titans go and make this announcement that he is going to be doing a content creator workshop this essentially week. Um, and two things. One, I like that he's still obviously involved. I think mm-hmm. yeah. Linkser is, is the type of player or person or essentially member of the scene that I would like for Vancouver to find a way to make work if he wants to stay within Al in some way, shape or form. Um, but I also must applaud the Titans for looking for these types of opportunities to engage the community. Like they did this um, sort of Q and a with the, the coaches. Uh, Justin was also there. And for the most part, the three of them, uh, Justin, Flubby and Pew were, were very, uh, you know, straightforward and plain in their approach to their answers. True. They completely refused to acknowledge the existence of RSP and the questions that a few people asked about us to them. Not that I'm bitter, (laughs) (laughs) but it goes to sort of show that the Vancouver Titans, I think have finally figured out how to do what we had been asking for them, begging for them to do, you know, years ago. So I think it's important to acknowledge even this announcement, you know, video where they had uh, ATB overwatch uh, uh, involved and had some fun with it. Like, can you, can you tell me a team? that had a sort of more sort of jovial approach to, to announcing their team. I remember more from like a year, two years ago, there but were more the, occasions, but not like more recent era. Not really. No, no. And I think that that that's a good sign. Again, we've been here all along, but Hey, 
Yeah, and then I saw like the thread on on you know on Reddit competitive Overwatch people were really happy with the you know evolution of the social uh, media manager whoever like comes up with with that stuff. So they they were really happy with it. And to your point, yeah, Lingzer seems like the perfect guy you'd want to be as a content creator. Kind of a segue from that talk we've had about agilities. He wants to stay. Apparently. Titan seemed to like him enough to to have him on this workshop. Was it called? So yeah, yeah. It's it's a content creator <laughs> workshop. So it's just just announce it, right? Like what 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 are you doing? Well, but that that's the thing is like uh, is it is it that he is going to become a content creator for them? Because that would be cool. Like like they had hard. What, is sort this of like a, a a a foreplay video for him becoming a? a <laughs> It's not that kind of podcast. Just, just get it done. Just <laughs> I know you're done. a dad now and all. But. Uh, I mean, like, don't like play around the fact you he's creating content. He wants to stay. Just get her done. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It's uh, you're you're right. I think their social media has been doing a good job. Um, and to the the point of agilities and everything, I just pulled up agilities, Carqu, Fran, and Linkser's Twitch pages just to see how many followers each one has. Agilities has 116,000. Carcu has 152,000. Fran has 255,000. And Linkser has 83.7 thousand. So Linkser is definitely the lowest by a pretty significant but not, margin. But, but he's not tr- been a true content creator. Right. Exactly. And I mean, to that, that same point, like Fran has been was was doing this with i think atlanta before she came to the mm-hmm. toronto organization and i know they have a pretty diehard fan base as well so it kind of makes sense she's on the, the highest end of that um but this could be a great way to sort of transition the org into that side of things because you know i i know you started to mention there chris like uh vancouver's worked with Harblue before and maybe some others but they haven't really gone fully into that side. They also haven't had much of a social media presence until I would say really this, this last little while. Um, Yes. We know that they obviously had social media managers and they did what they could do, but it didn't really feel like they were embracing that, which is something we talked about a number of times. All we wanted was to hear from them more often and, and have some excitement around that kind of thing. Um, And it feels like they're, they're really sort of stick, jumping right into that. Now I was going to say dipping their toes in, but it feels like they're jumping into that now and they want to go sort of, um, go harder on that side of things. So maybe this is a a great way to do it. Um, you know, bring in someone who has a following, maybe not the biggest following just yet, but it'll help him build that following. And it'll also help Vancouver build their brand. Mm -hmm. The, um, the one final thing I just wanted to talk about sort of the, the content creation, and this is more tied to what I was going to say with Harblue. Harblue is a content creator first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes from the, whatever the business relationship is with luminosity. I am still of the opinion that the, essentially who owns the Titans right. who, is the same people who own luminosity, but the structure is messed up, but luminosity is his thing. I feel it would be much better served if the Vancouver Titans wanted to have a, broader brand recognition one that they could schedule and plan and work around Mm -hmm. engage within the community they need a titans streamer 
not a Harblu that comes in from time to time. Yeah. Still pull on, on Harb and others, mm-hmm. but I feel that it would do them much better to have someone who is just like consistent and engaging. And I, you know, Linkser is. Mm-hmm. If you would ask like even Overwatch League fans, right. That follow the league and follow Harblu that, that he's some in some way uh, like connected to the Titans. Nobody would know. Nobody, yeah. Everybody would be like, what? Really? I didn't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of, <laughs> it's not the type of, of strength or connection you'd want to have. Right. So. Yeah. And I, I hope, I hope that they, if, if this is the path they're going down, as we kind of suspect it is, I hope that they treat it with that same level of, in a lot of ways, respect that we see Toronto treating their content creators. Um, you know, Florida also comes to mind with the number of content creators they work with. Um, I know, uh, they somewhat recently announced that Avast was going to be partnering with them and everything, but they mm-hmm. they treat it like it is a almost like a player signing, right? It was a big reveal. They teased it beforehand, then they announced it, and now they do content with him or they are planning content with him, and they will rely on him to essentially promote the team, right? Like that's what these these players really are: is they're promoters for for the team, for the organization, for the game as a whole. Obviously, they're fans of that first, but they sign these deals and they treat them like a part of the organization. So hopefully that's the route we see rather than, you know, this kind of contractor method, if you will. And, and I think, you know, that's what the Titans have been missing. Mm -hmm. It's it's sort of the one thing that has always sort of been possible Mm -hmm. now loose because it could be internally. It was never anything of an interest, Mm -hmm but it was one way to, to create sort of that brand recognition, connect with an audience, connect with people and ensure that you're sort of part of the discussion. Yeah. And let's be real. Breadsticks was phenomenal last year and they're going to go and milk them breadsticks as far as they possibly can going into 2022. <laughs> I don't like the term milk them breadsticks, but go on. You should hear some of the stuff I say <laughs> on my other podcasts, <laughs> but, uh, can you, but they need something more. I mean, if you dip it in a milk cup, maybe you could squeeze some milk out of it. <laughs> uh, with that, let's let's take this crazy crew into the fray. So the league has started to slow down as far as player movement is concerned. Obviously we had the Vancouver Titans announce what everyone had already known. Um, but there have been some uh, recent uh, changes since our last episode and recent has been in the last two weeks. Um, so the uh, Hangzhou spark had actually let go only wish who was an assistant coach for them. Uh, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, proceeded to go and, and make a replacement. But some of the additions we've seen, um, the at, uh, Atlanta Rain, they've added Danny as an assistant coach. Uh, Hangzhou Spark have added Anu as a supervisor, which is, I, 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 is that a general manager or is that just someone who like is boss person, but not the player <laughs> boss person? Um, it's a title that I've not seen other teams use. 
Uh, Changun is their head coach. I think it's Zhao Yi as uh, assistant coach and Miro as an assistant coach. Um, they also added players Pineapple and Alfie, and then Washington had added opener because when you have a closer, <laughs> you do need an opener. Uh, just sort of uh, in the past while, uh, Paris had also announced that they re-signed Vestola and uh, added uh, Mobigi as uh, an assistant coach. But again, not as not as sort of crazy as it was yeah. um, sort of from the get-go. Things are slowing down. And, and when we look at sort of the rosters as they are, there are still only really a small number of teams, like a handful. Like a, just looking at a quick scan, there are three teams that don't cur- currently don't meet the January threshold. The Vacant, the Excelsior, and the Fusion, which are three NA teams who relocated to Korea which may speak to the uncertainty as to what's happening in 2022 as to mm-hmm. how teams will be placed. If they're all coming back to NA, are they going to be playing in regions? We don't know any of that. And there's sort of another element to it as well um, with the questions around regional play and everything. If I'm not mistaken, I'm fairly certain that I heard, uh, I think it was on another podcast. One of the ones I listened to, um, that I heard that London is actually going to be playing from LA again. Mm-hmm. Did you okay, get London's well? playing from LA? Then I would have to presume other, t- like the rest of the teams or if not rest, they'll have an NA, like a completely NA focus. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I haven't I mean, heard it, it's, but it's just a consideration. Um, I, I'm fairly certain it was an interview with Nuki, the general manager of, uh, the Spitfire that, that said that, um, which is interesting, right? Because then that also leads to the question of, well, what about Paris? Um, and maybe something's been announced on, on them as well. I don't know about that. Yeah. But it does throw into question a lot of these these teams and when it comes to the regional play. Um, ultimately, I mean, the best case is people are not playing on ping. And those those two European teams, London and Paris, were always a bit of a bit of an outsider um, in a lot of ways, being isolated where they were. I mean, ultimately travel, if it were to occur, will be extremely restrictive. Yeah. I mean, yes, we're months away, but based on current trends, um, with what we're seeing within the pandemic, that sort of dream of homestand events is not going to probably occur. Mm -hmm. That's not to suggest no live events. Mm -hmm. I just feel that the live events will need to be far more controlled, right? You can't have teams traveling, moving around all these different pieces. Um, Like the Hawaii scenario. Well, like, yeah, like going to Hawaii was one thing. And that's why I feel like if they were to have travel, it'll be very coordinated. So like we might Mm -hmm. have, let's say like an, like an LA studio, a New York studio, a Korea studio or something like that, like where there's presence on, on site and then maybe bring them together in some form of, centralized ish location. Uh, but then I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, I just know that the pandemic as it is makes travel a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heck, I mean, considering how troublesome visas were just to get players to play in one location all season long, could you imagine what it would be like to get 
travel visas and entry visas and all the testing requirements yeah and all that like i just i can't see that level of international travel happening well sure. and obviously we see one of the teams that is currently has a very small roster is the philadelphia fusion who we all know had probably the biggest challenges uh when it came to visas out of anyone now you know, I, I don't think that anyone would have guessed it would be an easy move for them to move over to the Eastern region. Um, but at the same time, you look at a team like New York and they didn't have nearly as many problems and they did once play oh. in New York. Did they not? Yeah, but yeah. The, <laughs> the nationality of the players on the roster exactly. was quite a bit different. Exactly. And so that's it's kind of like, well, maybe that left a bad taste in the org's mouth. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised... Yeah, I thought we were getting close to a better balance between the two sides because I do sure. think there needs to be a level of balance if that's how things are going to be split up. Um, and and I I would wouldn't be crazy about it if it were to be less than how many teams we had last year. I think we had seven in the Eastern Region. Well, this is where I sort of start to wonder if we had three region, like three, mm-hmm. like an East West uh, Asia or something along those lines. Um, right. you can't, there's, there's really no way of balancing mm-hmm. unless you have either NA or EU teams as part of a, an Asian region. Mm-hmm. Right? There's just, it's conceivably not possible. I look at the fusion as an example of an organization who obviously said yes to something, <laughs> having already put together a roster and they made the choice to, to keep those players on the payroll and work you know, hard to get visas and struggled Mm -hmm. throughout the season to do so. So one might suggest they essentially put themselves not only in a tough position, they did so willingly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how, if you were that organization, would you be willing to do that again? Mm -hmm. I mean, then you have the LA vacant who, whether or not they did it willingly or not, they like, We've talked about this, but when they go and return to LA at some point in time, if that is what occurs, who's cheering for them? Yeah. Right. Like people think the Titans did something nasty. Oh man, the vacant. They're like, hold my beer. And by the way, there's a six pack in the fridge. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I think if we were to see regionalization, I genuinely wonder if we won't see maybe three. Hmm. It won't be perfectly balanced, mm-hmm. and I have no idea how they would structure sort of interregional play. Mm-hmm. But again, that's presuming regions exist. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the North American major sports, they're already traveling about, but that's within within the states and to Canada. So that's probably as much travel as as Overwatch League would want to have. To begin with, you know, adding all that, you know, international travel and, you know, with, with different regulations and vaccinations and all that, it's 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 a disaster, obviously, and it's unfortunate that things came down to this uh, situation, but it is what it is. I, I, I'd be surprised if we're looking at, you know, anything but either everybody's just playing online and, and maybe just for, you know, the tournaments, they... Uh, gather <laughs> gather around for for an offline event because I don't see how they can balance it now. Like you said, could and, we? Go ahead. 
No, and I was just mentioning, like, with, with Florida, like, at least the three players they picked up, they're all Korean, so it doesn't look like they're running back to, you know, Florida or LA or whatever that may be. And New York is New York there. They seem to be still uh, doing the same thing as well. So outside of the name, really, and maybe, you know, the original fan bases that they have, which uh, are pretty loyal and, you know, and pretty vocal. I, I don't see them coming back stateside and unless they are forced to. Could we see a future in the Overwatch League where uh, we get even more uh, divisions, where we get something like four divisions with five teams each? Mm-hmm. We could, but what sure. does that mean? Like... They just play each other more often, and yeah, they, do they need to travel? Yeah, maybe. I, I feel like there'd still be an element of travel. Um, mm-hmm. Part of the reason why I say five is because between uh, between or in the Asian region, there's probably five teams there that would would play against each other. You know, Shanghai, Seoul, Hangzhou, Guangzhou, and Chengdu. Um, but that obviously does put into question well teams like New York teams like what's happening with the LA vacant? Like you say, I mean, there were, there were talks that they would be rebranded entirely to a city or something out, out there. Or a different planet. Maybe they're going to be play on Mars and Elon Musk. <laughs> exactly. Elon Musk is the, is the owner. Oh no. <laughs> but that's, that's exactly it. It's like, there's certainly some questions around that. Um, but it, it could in theory solve, solve some of these problems, I think it probably raises more questions because then it's a case of, okay, how do these teams play each other when they have to? Um, but it could be well, interesting. I think step one is if you do the region, you, you don't worry about, well, how do we bring them together? Right. You actually, you, you work on the, the regular season in the region and whatever that structure might be. But even then, like I still think if we talk about travel, international mm-hmm. travel will be a problem yeah and it doesn't it, that's beyond the region like korea to china china to korea is not as easy as we might suggest True. in the current state of the world um eu uh into na mm-hmm. may not be as easy maybe into the us but i can assure you canada's probably going to have a, a different expectation and unlike uh hockey which can get a national interest exemption <laughs> I'm not entirely sure the government is going to give esports a national interest recognition, whether right or wrong. So, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it's a weird thing. If there's anything though, there's time. The league showed last season, they were able to iterate sort of on a quarter, maybe not a dime. Um, I think they have that going for them. And if they were to come out and say, yeah, okay, you know what? We're not actually going to have the season start in the spring. Maybe, late spring, early summer. That's also helpful too, because of that early engine, they're going to be potentially Mm, playing on having just a little extra time in the oven. How did I forget? Yeah. And like worst case scenario, uh, it it is still an online video game. Uh, It's not like the NHL can play on, on, you know, playstations. I mean, they could, that's what they should do. They can have NHL (laughs) teams play nhl online they all have to be a different person from the team maybe they could just take overwatch 2 and play offline and i don't mean lan i just mean 
play the PVE portions. Each team will get a chance and see who scores the most in Junkenstein or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Watching False run around with a Ryan hammer. <laughs> yeah. Ryan card. That's the, <laughs> that's the tournament. Oh, well, anyhow, time, time will tell. Um, but uh, one thing is for certain. If we're waiting to hear more about the Overwatch League, we're unfortunately learning far too much about the state of Activision Blizzard. Um, and not so much the Overwatch scene per se, but a company that's got problems left, right, and center. Um, the Jordan, your last episode of One Man Watch Point, I think, was aptly titled. Thank you. And at this point, point i don't understand how they recover with uh, bobby kodak as their ceo they don't like you've got like consider this you've got sony saying yeah we're not we're not down with atvi here uh and sony was more than able to say to a game that wasn't actually developed to their liking you're not going to be on our platform anymore mm-hmm. me talking about cyberpunk they're willing to go that far to a triple a title mm-hmm. I can imagine they'd be more than happy to go to ATVI and say, yeah, we're okay. You can, you can stay off here until you get sort stuff sorted out. Uh, not to be outdone. Phil Spencer, uh, had come out, um, head of Xbox to say, yeah, this ain't good. Uh, Nintendo, which this to me, you done pissed off Nintendo, Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo goes for the throat. Exactly. Like they might seem like the happy company, but like, Hey. If you so much as piss Nintendo off, their lawyers will hunt you down and make your relatives feel the pain. Yeah. The the head of Nintendo, his last name is Bowser. I'm just saying that's not a coincidence. Yeah, so, yeah. he's finally running the show over there, and it's it's not looking good. Well, okay, there is someone who once worked with Nintendo who is a proven track record of leading a video game company that may be available as a replacement. If you wish to get rid of Bobby Kotick, you're talking Reggie. Yeah. Holy cow. I I never in a million years would have considered that. That would be incredible. Hadn't he retired or like he he Uh, retired from Nintendo, which I wish ever need to work again. That's the kind of like the the complete opposite of, of, Oh, would be. <laughs> but, but, but consider this I'm dancing like, with the devil to hugging a giant teddy bear my goodness okay <laughs> I, I i know it's a reach but imagine you are the board and you bring someone like reggie in like hiring reggie alone rehabilitates an image yeah like just the, the hiring of him i don't even know if reggie's got baggage it is very possible and i'd hate to think that that's the case mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I have to be honest, there is much more that is coming to light as time goes on beyond ATVI. Mm-hmm. But I just feel that Bobby Kotick, like everything that has come out about him and what he's been saying, and the fact that in an like an employee all hands, when it was asked, does the CEO get held to the same account that the rest of us do? And the company has to say, well, no, because that happened in the past and there's yeah. no reports. It has been clearly pointed out. The reason the reports did not exist is because money was thrown at him with NDCs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's 
it's I, I'm, I'm running out of words every time we hear more. Like you, you mentioned the board hiring, but it seems like the board, I don't know, either he has something on them, but they're like... Well, he... He, I don't know to what extent he holds shares. Like he, he helped essentially rescue right, right. Activision He's from a major player think, there for sure. Like to, to put it mildly, but man, at this point, just just freaking go. And I hate that like notion or what he says about oh, I'll, I'll if I don't get it fixed quickly, uh, then I'll mm-hmm. do it. Me, you are. A huge part of the issue itself. That's like the you know we, we I mentioned before before even the allegations came out about Kotick and all that. I always said that like there's a phrase uh, that rotten fish smell worse from the head. That's where it comes down to always. And and he's a rotten individual who's like you know the things you hear about him threatening women in the past on multiple occasions. Imagine having that guy in charge of fixing Blizzard. It's it's like it's a well, bad joke. And let's say, let's say, you know, he regrets what he's done in the past and he has learned from these mistakes. His track record since everything came to light has been horrible. Like the guy in charge, having learned from these mistakes, air quotes for those who can't obviously see this, (laughs) is making bad decision after bad decision and then goes on to suggest like, oh yeah, no, I'll quit if I can't get it you know, fixed right away. You've been trying to get it fixed and you've been making it worse. Yeah. In fact, you simply being present, having the reputation that you have has made things not at all amenable. And like, I, I just, I think ATVI has reached a point where they need to hit the reset button. They, they like, yes, you're right. The board might have, you know, this big love fest yeah. with them. He's the face and, of the company. Well, he is. And I mean, he could be like, I don't know, like the, when I heard that, uh, he had, uh, uh, essentially had the, the, the faith of the board, it reminded me of a Canadian telecom that's been going through some, some, <laughs> uh, succession level, uh, drama itself, uh, Rogers here in Canada, uh, the long and short of it's a family run operation, yeah. but the family, um, patriarch who passed away years ago, he had structured the organization so that there was a trust that controlled all of the voting shares and he placed his eldest son in charge of that trust. Hmm. What has since happened is the rest of the family who's on the board, um, the essentially uh, the mother and two sisters have voted against the eldest son. The eldest son was like, don't worry, I'll fire the rest of the board and replace them with my own. And what has since happened? He's gotten his way. He's replaced the CEO and all that. I kind of wonder, I know the situation is different in Canada and the United States are completely different when it comes to, you know, organizations and shareholder structure. Does Bobby Kotick carry that much power that he's almost insulated himself from the board? Like, yes, the board might get rid of him, but then does he have the power as like a shareholder to then exact? I mean, it has to be this, this way. Like that's at least my, sorry about that. That's okay. It's probably feeding time. I was just going to say. It is actually. <laughs> I am. Um, I have to wonder. Uh, no, I have to assume that uh, the best insulation is the American dollar because like Bobby Kotick took the company from, yeah. I, I think I read today something like $4 billion to $25 billion over, oh. over a decade, which is a relatively short period of time. Like he has, 
he turned around the company from a company that I wouldn't say was struggling, but wasn't the monster, the monolith. Well, they they, they were in bankruptcy. Now. Oh, they were. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize they that. were in bankruptcy. He, he and some investors rescued mm. the Activision brand or Activision from bankruptcy right. and turned it into the behemoth that it is today. Um, like this is, this is where you're right. The American dollar probably speaks loudly and, and his track record on the money side exactly is so significant that people are willing to forgive anything short of murder. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and, and all I like, I think ultimately sort of, okay. When I, when I tweeted out that my most recent episode of one man watch point was called, I believe I titled it. Yes. Fire Bobby Kotick. And I tweeted that out and I did that because I have next to no following. That's not a secret, but I truly believe that the only way anything's going to happen is if people don't quiet down about it. Everyone needs to be as loud as they possibly can be if they ever want to see any change here, because we've seen it at other companies. Ubisoft went through a very similar kind of thing. Tons of, um, of, I don't know if they were allegations, actual lawsuits or what they were, but tons of corruption within the company, tons of harassment, tons of abuse and things like that. And it was the biggest news story for a couple of weeks, a month. And then it kind of just went away. And then months later, all this Activision Blizzard stuff came out and suddenly people kind of went, Hey, whatever happened at Ubisoft? And it quickly, people found out that not a lot had really happened. Well, it's because you got to wait till the news cycle. Exactly. Changes, right. And that's why, and that's, you know, not to say that Ubisoft is less important. Obviously the game that this podcast is focused on is made by Activision Blizzard. So maybe that's why it hits a little closer to home for us. But the point is like everyone needs to be as loud as possible about this. If we want to see something happen because yeah, he Bobby Kotick turned the company around and it was under his leadership that they became what they became in both good and bad ways, obviously, which is why he needs to go. But it's also why I think the board and the shareholders don't seem to care a ton. I think uh, I saw Kotaku the other day wrote an article about who is the board members. And they actually, you know, I don't want to say ousted because it's public knowledge. You can find this information. That's all they did. They just did a little research. But it speaks volumes to who he surrounds himself with, obviously, um, who these people are and sort of the the hold that he has. Um, but if people are loud, if people speak up, if enough people speak up and enough um, voices are heard, then it, in my mind, gets to a point where it's a, it's a PR thing. You know, it is your public image. Um, it's, it's not a secret what happened to Atari, right? And some of the horror stories that come from Atari, the, the Atari of old um, with, you know, I think there's a documentary on Netflix about it, actually, about people doing cocaine in the Atari offices. And there were rooms that were just for strippers and things like that. And, and how toxic the culture became there. And Atari is not really much of a brand these days. Um, so I just think that everyone needs to be as vocal as they possibly can be. And, and I think for the most part, that's what we're seeing from, from, you know, around the internet, if you will. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at Kotaku, uh, Forbes, Dexerto, I mean, their investigative reporting yeah. has been nonstop. Wall Street Journal. They were the ones. That yeah. Broke well, me. I mean, 
Yeah. And, and the thing that I think is important is that that does need to continue. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why here at RSP, I've made it very clear. This is not a story we're going to allow to go away. Every time there's an opportunity to, to talk about what's going on. And I would be more than happy to also talk about some of the good that ATVI is looking to do. The problem is, is I haven't seen a whole lot of it. Maybe we can like outside of performative announcements. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get uh, Bobby Kotick on the show. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll shoot him an email. See, uh, see what a schedule. Give him a chance like. to talk about things. Yeah, considering how well we've done at getting other people from <laughs> the two teams that we cover on, yeah. I'm totally sure he's gonna. He'll be here next week. Straight to junk. Yeah. <laughs> um. As we look to, to wrap up this show, it's always been a, a couple of weeks uh, since the one before, and we got a couple more weeks uh, before our, our next episode. I don't imagine we're going to see a whole lot happen uh, within either the Overwatch scene, the Overwatch League, Overwatch itself. Um, but uh, it is getting to the end of the year, and I wanted to sort of pull back curtain to sort of say, hey, here's some of the things that we might be doing as we get into the new year. Uh, one of them is doing a retrospective on both the two teams. Uh, another thing that I'd like to do is explore sort of the business end of the esports scene and specifically the Overwatch League. And you might find that we'll, I don't know, skew off what our normal sort of charted path tends to be. But I want to be the the podcast in the Overwatch League scene that is the most informative about a more broad perspective. Um, yes, we are specifically going to cover the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant moving forward. Um but I take pride in the fact that we're often referred to as one of the, the more intelligent and well put together uh, uh, podcasts on the scene. And I think this is a, a good way to continue to serve. We be our, smart. Our listeners. Well, two of three are smart. I'll let our listeners figure out which. Two. Uh, I was, I was about to say, I'm glad people are talking so positively about you two. So, <laughs> <laughs> but as we look to wrap this particular episode up, what, uh, what final words of wisdom uh, do the two of you have this week? I've changed many a diaper in the past two weeks. All looked and smelled better than Bobby Kotick. Whoa. <laughs> okay, he's not coming on anymore. Guys, I had him lined up for next week, and he's going to hear this and be right out of here. Um, oh, can you top that, Jordan? No, and I actually totally forgot to prepare something, so I'm just going to give some general life advice. Uh, don't threaten to kill people. You know, that's something Bobby Kotick did. Uh, it's just not a good look. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. Sorry. And then he settled it out yes. of court, but what allegedly. was there to settle if allegedly nothing happened anyways? Yeah. <laughs> allegedly. Oh, yeah. uh, well, okay. See, my final words of wisdom have obviously been a, a, in a recurring theme. They're not going to be um, very similar to yours, Jordan, kind of to yours, Omni. Uh, but uh, do you guys know why we dress babies in onesies? Why? Well, they can't dress themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that one was good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, anyhow, yeah, no, it's um I I actually think if their Vancouver Titans or the Toronto Defiant have baby gear, there is a baby to gear up 
Just saying. Oh yeah, I'll post the photos if if we get something. Yeah. I actually don't know if I've seen merch on either end that would be even toddler size. Well, maybe I can put them inside the big froster cup. <laughs> he might outgrow it, but <laughs> one for each leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, yeah. I can build a <laughs> fort out of the number of froster cups I have. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, Omni. I, I said it at the top, but uh, I am really excited for for you and your your new fam. Uh, welcome to the Dad Club. Thank you. Uh, meetings are on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> support support meetings. support group. Yeah. But uh, it's an exciting journey that you're going to 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 get involved in. Um, and as I let off, I was so wanting to 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 announce it on your behalf because that's how excited I was. I mean, I was actually telling my wife the entire sort of <laughs> moment that you had shared that you and and your wife were expecting. I'm like, oh, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it <laughs> so again. I'm, I'm just that excited for you. But uh, this is this is big news, and I'm glad that Liam arrived as scheduled. Oh yeah, he like contractions began dead at midnight on the due date. It was crazy. Man, if only the Overwatch League could schedule the teams we followed with that level of precision. <laughs> yeah, I wish. Uh, yeah. And who would have thought that a, a baby's arrival would be would be that so precise? Punctual. Yeah, yeah, where was the social media team, though? Sleep at the wheel, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, apparently. Well, okay. Omni did share something on <laughs> Facebook a couple days oh, after. Okay. And he dropped that note in, in our Speakcord podcast to host chat. Um, I don't think you've actually shared more publicly on Twitter or in discord than that. Uh, I did share it on, on Instagram, my personal one, but yeah, not, not on Twitter. I guess not. Yeah. Well, ours, our speed doesn't have, well, I guess our speed has an Instagram account, but I'm, <laughs> it's Twitter more often or not. Or what was it that, um, school bus dude, whatever it was said, Oh, you guys still tweet. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, for two yes. Minutes. Magic School Bus, yes. Thanks for listening, Magic School Bus. Tune in every couple of weeks until we're back to our weekly schedule. <laughs> uh, but on behalf of Jordan Etzer, Dr. GM, you can find them at One Man Watchpoint, alternating weeks to us right now. Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Lightforce. You can find us online at readysetpone.com and join Discord, where the greatest conversations all take place at discord.io slash readysetpone. But last not least, uh, what was it that Reinhardt says all the time? Oh, yeah, let me show you how it's done. Catchphrase! Catchphrase!